Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for joining us here today. This Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. It's great to be back with you once again. I'm Henrik. This is Red Ice TV. We're doing no-go zone today because it is only Woden's Day. Uh, my shipmates, hope you're doing well. A lot of stuff to go into today. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. A lot of things happening. It's just, as we said, just middle of the week. But holy shit, doesn't look good, folks. Now... We've covered, you know, the demographic thing quite a bit, but I, I do want to make a longer presentation on this. It was actually kind of an interesting interview with a uh, demographer from the American Enterprise Institute that I'm going to do. I'll probably do a members feature of it first, at least. Either I do it live or I just do it pre-recorded. We'll see. But it really needs to be understood from, from you know, from our perspective, what's happening with the demographics. Because, uh, of course, it's not only immigration, you know what I mean? And some of these demo demographers, when they're being interviewed, are just like so, so dumb. They could be so smart on one way, and then they're so dumb. And, and you know, in regards, you think you, you, you need to bring in... You, you, they, they have no concept of, like, psychology or tradition or culture or, like, how can you even not see the anti-white agenda, for example? Maybe that... What does that do with demographies? Anyway, they... That that's a big. It is a bigger topic, but that that is, I mean, that is the overarching thing of of. It's not the primary reason why we're seeing decline. But the establishment and the statisticians and those people that are aware of what's happening with the neoliberal world order and that system that they've had in place for a long time, that are aware about where the numbers are going have obviously wanted to use this to their uh, advantage. And I think they've done that. And, and I think COVID was it, was, it was most likely introduced to serve as the fall guy for why things started to go south, when in reality, they've had decades and decades to try to do something about a problem that they knew were coming with the unbalanced demographics. You know, this idea that we have this huge, you know, kind of, boomer generation and they've just have fewer and fewer kids in the west and this is true in many other developing uh, countries as well it's true in asian countries it's true in latin american countries and in some cases they're aging faster even faster the western uh, the western european countries are and, and america um but instead of then doing something about that they they they've perpetuated this insane anti-white agenda weaved into that with replacement and all these things uh, but COVID have served really as the fall guy for that, you know. Uh, and then after that, it was Russia, right? And and of course, those those problems have exacerbated the problem, but it was an inevitable problem nonetheless. And that's not a bad thing from our point of view, from their neoliberal capitalist point of view and, and this endless, you know, globalization system that they've had in place and, oh, prosperity and endless growth and just more, you know, we just need more and more bodies to sustain this system and just more more central banking, more debt, you know, kind of thing. That that's being punctured, willingly or not, that's a very good thing. But that doesn't mean that won't be creating problems uh, in the in the in the intermediate future here. But I think long term, th this is this is good. It's it's being wrecked, you know. And then of course we have with the demographic thing, we have the vaccine issue. You have other diseases. You have immunocompromised people now. You're seeing a massive decline in births, not only naturally because of this, you know. Uh, the, the low fertility rate or the, the bad replacement levels that we've had. But there's so many other things now. And of course, I think we are going to see uh, probably massive, not only economic collapse, but food uh, shortages as well, which also is going to lead to drastic population numbers, especially uh, in the uh, second and third world as well. 
So we're, at, we're we're in for a bumpy ride here. There's no doubt about that. But anyway, stay stay tuned for that kind of longer feature on the demographic situation because that's very important. But just kind of just keep some of those points in mind today as we cover some of the topics that we do because all of this plays into it uh, in one way or another. Uh, but anyway, lots to lots to get into really regarding that. Uh, obviously, check out the latest Halloween stream if you didn't. Hope you had a great uh, Halloween. We certainly did. Uh, always fun. Going on with the boys, you know, not not used to that being from uh, Sweden, but it's I don't mind it. It's it's definitely you know Samhain. It's an older uh, tradition for sure. Uh, the harvest festival, right? I like kind of less less happy about the scary aspect to it, but you know that's that's a little bit part of it. But turning into this horror show, nah, not so much. I'm not you know super excited about that. But the the harvest. Uh, um, uh, theme around it. It's uh, very lovely, I think, uh, I must say. All right. So, guys, let's begin with what well, we got. There's a few things we have to talk about. Oh, is this fr- froze up? One second there, guys. Did it freeze up? No, there it is. Okay. Um, yes. So, uh, if you do want to join us, I think Entropy Stream is up and running. It looks like it's been frozen for a bit there, but EntropyStream.live slash RedEyesTV. You have it uh, down below in the lower third. We also take Super Chats on Odyssey and Rumble. Uh, so send us your messages over there. We'll keep an eye on that, and we will uh, uh, read those throughout the stream or the show today. Oh, let me pause it. There we go. All right. So, did you guys see? You, did you see the Atlantic piece? <laughs> Someone made a funny video about it. So it, it's just you know, if you follow some other streams and shows, I think you saw it. The Atlantic. Let's begin here. <clears throat> I guess let's begin with the COVID stuff. Uh, well, partially anyway. Uh, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. Uh, we need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID by uh, Emily Oster. Uh, someone made this one with a little Fauci in it too. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I'd have to laugh at that. <laughs> I should be prosecuted. Yes, you you are the one that should be prosecuted. That's right. I'd have to laugh at that. <laughs> I should be prosecuted. Oh, oh, boy. And is that coming? Do you think it's coming? I think it's coming soon. I don't know. We'll see. It depends on how bumpy the road is. But I I, th- I think it's moving on this front. They're panicking. They're, they're withdrawing on a lot of this stuff. <clears throat> the Atlantic calls for pandemic amnesty to forgive one another for what they did and said during COVID. Uh, Chris Menahan over at uh, the information, or not the, but information liberation uh, .com covered the story in a very good way. Of course, juxtaposing that with some other articles that they've had on The Atlantic over the last couple of years now. Unvaccinated people belong on the no-fly list. Was it the um, the British uh, Andrew Neil? was it, that had one tweet too? We got the, the refuse nicks, right, he call them. What, what do we do with the five million? We got to punish them in some way. Apparently, he deleted that over the last few days. The Atlantic magazine, which called last year for the unvaccinated to be put on a no-fly list and treated like domestic terrorists, is now calling for a pandemic amnesty where everyone will forgive one another for what they did and said when they were in the dark about COVID. From the Atlantic, we're at the first part there. In April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We wore clothes masks that I had, uh, cloth masks, sorry, that I had made myself. We had a family hand signal, which the person in front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our masks. Once when another child 
got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge. He yelled at her, social distancing. <laughs> These precautions were totally misguided. In April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was vanishly, vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, we didn't know. Oh, really? Correction, Manan said here. You didn't know. Plenty of people. These are the people that were banned. They were censored. They were shunned. They were shut down. They were ostracized. They were excommunicated. Pick your, pick your, uh, pick your verb, I guess. Pick your happening. Plenty of people spoke out against the regime's response to COVID and were silenced, censored, and smeared for it. For it. In fact, I've been reflecting on this lack of knowledge thanks to a class I'm co-teaching at Brown University on COVID. This Atlantic uh, writer continues. We've spent several lectures revealing, re, uh, rely, re, uh, reliving, sorry, <laughs> lectures reliving, can't read it today. The first year of the pandemic discussing the many important choices we had to make under condition, conditions of tremendous uncertainty. Manahan says here, how come none of the people who were write about this from the very beginning, like Dr. Ron Paul, for example, are being invited to teach at our top universities. How come they're being censored, silenced, and blacklisted for being right, while those who were wrong about everything are being promoted or getting promoted? Back to the Atlantic piece, some of these choices turned out better than others. To take an example close to my own work, there is an emerging, emerging, if not universal, consensus that schools in the U.S. were closed for too long. The health risks of in-school spread were relatively low, as so many people said at the time, right? Whereas the costs to students' well-being and educational progress were high. The latest figure on learning loss are alarming. But in spring and summer 2020, we had only glimpses of information. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers, advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. Another example is when the vaccines, vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the re relative efficacies of the Johnson & Johnson shots versus the mRNA option from Pfizer and Moderna. The mRNA vaccines have won out. But at the time, many people in public health were either neutral or expressed a J&J &J preference. This misstep wasn't nefarious. It was the result of uncertainty. Back to Medan, it says, just ignoring all the lies the government told you about vaccine effectiveness and the fact that these experimental shots were mandated for men, women and children. Right. So here's Thomas Massey. There's so many others now that have talked about this. You know, Robert Malone. You had uh, Steve Kirsch have talked about this. Um, what's the other guy's name? Um, Baron Alex Berenson and stuff like that. And of course, a lot of these people have been been banned as well. This is this is not a surprise. But now we've seen a fascinating backtracking. See this piece. I don't think I got to play that piece. What was it? The um, yeah, the alarming. Learn like they're they're several years behind now. Number of the kids. Let's see if I can find that piece here. I think I was going to play that the other day, and I know we didn't get a chance to do it. Uh, let me see if I have it here. I don't think I see it right away, but it's very interesting that now they're they're running away from the. Oh, here, here, here it is. Let, let me play this real quick. National test scores. Yeah, this is just a kind of a sample and stuff like that. But we, you know, speech impediments. 
psychological issues like the you, you've basically created a, a generation of like weirdos that will be like per perpetually just years behind because of the mask thing alone and and them just staying home and stuff anyway here look at this uh, short piece from uh, nbc about this new test scores out tonight underscore the devastating impact the covid pandemic has had on our kids and learning both in math and reading rahima ellis has details more evidence tonight that nearly three years of pandemic disruptions had a devastating effect on students. The National Assessment of Educational Progress tested nearly 450,000 fourth and eighth graders across the country. The math results were especially alarming. Only 26% of eighth graders were proficient or above in math, down from 34% in 2019. The average eighth grade math score fell in every state except Utah. The literature has shown us that math was very sensitive to uh, instruction. In reading, just 33% of fourth graders were proficient or above, down from 35%. In Union, New Jersey, one superintendent is keenly aware of the problem. Challenges are greater than uh, I've experienced in any year of my 30-year career. What are they doing about it? In the classroom, teachers focus on small group instruction closely track individual progress throughout the year, and students spend time relearning social skills that experts say are necessary to improve their academics. In terms of saying just how effective it is, would you say you know already? It's not too soon to tell that we're making progress. <laughs> we are seeing some uptick yeah. in academic performance albeit very incremental. It's also very important to apply it. In rebuilding those social skills, fourth grade teacher Cynthia Carhart sees improvement. You can't expect a child to grow three grade levels in one year, but as long as they're making growth and they're showing you that they're trying, that's really important. Rahima Ellis, NBC. All right, so you get the point there. It's everyone's behind. There's been tremendous issues. And I'm still thinking of what's the what's the pivot here, right? Why are they covering this? Why are they conceding on these points? Maybe the pressure is just too big. They just can't do it anymore. Fauci in the U.S., of course, he's retiring from the NIH or NIAID, I guess it is technically, but under NIH, he's been working uh, later this month, I think it is. What was it? Mid-November or something? He's, he's retiring, right? He's going to flee to some, maybe some island somewhere, you know, how these things go. Uh, and uh, the um, information liberation piece here also pulls out this idea about the, the, you know, the push around the vaccine, the coercion, the psychological pressure these people wanted to put on others, shaming them and things like that, right? Um, and, and here's the prof uh, the lady who wrote the piece here regarding uh, regarding that. And so she happens to say, oh, shaming people who haven't gotten a vaccine is not likely to work at this point or ever. What will? Individual family pressure. Maybe vaccine requirements for things you want to do. Domestic, air, train, travel, work, sports events. Yes, we can have these without shame. Another tweet they pulled, and that's back from December 22nd, 2021. Strong endorser here. If you're pregnant and unvaccinated, get vaccinated. It will protect you and also pass antibodies to your fetus. They didn't have much of these studies, right? This was all made up, all lies. And of course, now we're seeing the excess death numbers starting to come in. And it does, it will return to COVID a little bit later here too. 
This piece goes go, continues, and he, he pulls a lot of good things out of here too. By the way, so check out the whole piece if you uh, if you want to. But it's just the audacity of these people, right? Of like pushing this now and like now we we didn't know any of this, and then like the people who did have countering information, of course, were censored and blocked and banned and all that stuff, right? And now they're just pretending we're like, well, whoa, there was no we could know this. What the, what the deeper ramification of this is, I'm not yet sure. Will they have a couple of sacrificial lambs they throw to the public? You know what I mean? In order to kind of appease the anger around this, that's very possible. Does it mean the fall of, 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 of more powerful people that push this? Probably not. I hope so. We're going to need a lot of people in jail. We're going to need you know speedy trials here. And we're going to need people in, in very insecure jails all over the, uh, all over the world, really everybody who pushed this but it does connect with our next story too just how deeply social media was involved in this and, and again keeping the lid on this type of information that countered the official narrative which of course was one of co- coercion and at the end of the day absolute just uh, mayhem and and murder if you want to go that far because that's what we're beginning to see now uh with the uh, di- the di- the died suddenly pieces just continues to drip in every other day you know every other day i see two three Different pieces of like, oh, here's someone who died, a 38-year-old, here's a 42-year-old, here's a 50-year-old, here's a 13-year-old, here's a, you know, every other day now. And we, we know we know what's going on with this. This is not, this is not a mystery around this like they try to claim, right? So the Department of Homeland Security is another big piece that you might see, and I want to mention in passing just in case you didn't, regarding... Do you remember the disinformation board was set up with this that lunatic uh, young girl that was going to head it up? I forget her name now. Um, that fell through, and of course, because of the the pressure was just so so hard. So so luckily we got that. But you know, we we and many others said at the time this this doesn't mean it's it's not over. This they'll just keep doing this work, but they won't announce it. They won't have a public face for it like they try to do. Right, the uh, disinformation uh, governance board. Right, that was the name of it. So, of course, it came out, not a big surprise here. Uh, Lee Fang at The Intercept had, a, 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 I think, a couple of tweets about this and, and linking to the major story regarding the, uh, the, the truth cops at the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, this is from uh, October 31st here. Documents show Facebook and Twitter closely colla- uh, collaborating with the Department of Homeland Security, which, which, which again, ran that government, um, sorry, the Disinformation Governance Board, right? Uh, which supposedly went, oh, it just, it was dismantled. It was a good time, uh, not a good timing on that, apparently. But so, yeah, the DHS, the FBI, to police disinfo, plans to expand censorship on topics like withdrawal from Afghanistan, origins of COVID. That was a big one regarding the vaccine, but that was certainly not the only one. They had racial justice things. In other words, the whole anti-white narrative was going to be, um, it was going to be, be policed in the sense that you can't, expose the anti-white agenda that was weaved into this um information that undermines trust in financial institutions because of course we're heading for that inevitable major financial collapse uh anyway right so this was uh one of the i think this was just one of the pieces was this no this is the, the okay this is the main one the truth cops piece exactly uh again longer piece we don't have t- time to uh check out the whole thing can i not can i not just read that without no okay all right uh some follow-up stories on this too i've confirmed that there are links between yesterday's story the big story by the intercept on uh dhs policing disinfo and the work done by eip 
<clears throat> remember this? Uh, to censor a, a list of people, including this guy, Robbie Starbuck. There's some other people, kind of mainstream MAGA, I guess, conservatives mentioned in that as well. Um, he says here, uh, yeah, the, the, the Election Integrity Partnership uh, is that uh, group he's referencing there, the EIP. Uh, the story of the EIP censoring us on behalf of the government is not over. It has only just begun. We can't let this go without a fight to stop them. For those who don't know the details on this, there's a thread recapping the facts uh, regarding that. Uh, so this this is and it's, it's exactly what happened to so many other people under or during the whole COVID uh, hysteria as well, where you basically have everything from CDC going in and telling Twitter and other social media what sh they should or shouldn't take down, essentially, right? So again, they used the medical pandemic to set a precedent regarding uh, tackling what they deem mis or disinformation, essentially. This is harmful. There's a public public health uh, uh, danger around this. We have to come in and, and shut certain people down. Remember, we had one, uh, I had one that was flagged by someone at the CDC for some reason about uh, passing... Um, I guess the what was it the uh, shedding right shedding of the, the after you've been vaxxed to your from the mother to the daughter through skin uh, contact and things like this uh, that they wanted to have taken down apparently Twitter didn't do it which was kind of interesting but anyway the point is they're trying and in many regards they have been very successful so now you have an, a direct violation of course where government comes in and government agencies come in and tells social media what should or shouldn't be uh, censored which of course is you know. That's what the First Amendment supposedly is for, right? In the U.S., is that it's it's not to protect you know you oh you private private company can do whatever they want you know you you heard that bullshit line which is you know garbage in and of itself anyway but regardless uh, it was specifically to protect people from from having the government clamping down on them right and of course so they violated that so can we have a major investigation into this can we have speedy trials? And can we have uh, prison terms brought into this? I think it's time, folks. We know what's going on. And you know, then you have the whole partnership situation. This is not. You know, this is really nothing new. We've heard this, but this tweet went around here too. YouTube has announced a partnership with the World Health Organization to control the content that is viewed and censored through a partnership with Google to address the spread of misinformation. I thought they had this already, to be honest, but uh, I guess it's just a continued extension to that program or something like that. That's how crazy it is, right? Um, was it nail Nailbender? Is it Nailbender? Yeah, anybody, uh, says, uh, anybody with, a, with any sense hasn't had faith in financial institutions for quite a while now. It, yeah, of course. It's obviously just to keep this going as long as possible. I think it's to draw out the pain, print, just print more money, pump the flood the system right with 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 just with with money with fiat. And ironically, you can do things with that. You, sure, you get deeper in debt and all that stuff. But I mean, if you have a global financial crash, at the end of the day, if you have if you have stuff, if you have things. Who's going to come and claim that back from you, right? Or from a country or something like that. I mean, not that that couldn't happen, of course. But we're seeing, which I think is, a, is an intentional destabilization of the entire global order, essentially. And as we've said before, but for newcomers, this is so that they will be able to build back better, right? That's what they want. 
But it's also very dangerous because sometimes when you do a controlled demolition, you don't always get it right. You get wrong measurements. And instead of the building falling perfectly into its own footprint, like it did on uh, the morning of uh, September 11th, for example, at the World Trade, World Trade Center 7, sometimes it falls over because it detonates in the, with, the, with the wrong uh, uh, load, right? The, the, the wrong TNT force or uh, power, whatever it's called, uh, or it detonates... Um, not in the in the uh, with the with the same uh, uh, not rhythm but like uh, tempo or same uh, timing I guess. So it falls it falls over the building falls over and it's sh- like shit. People have to run and 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 it's bad. Now you could argue, well, that's also part of the deal because they just want to inflict as much damage as possible to get as many people die to to, to get as many people killed as possible. Very possible, right? But I think there is a there is a very fine line between nuking your own system and then it it going too far where you basically lose all control and you won't be able to rebuild anything because basically there's 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 nothing left. Um, and so you know you you could argue all day long and and we should argue that all you know all day long in a way. Is it how intentional is it? How many people are, are are in on this? How many people are aware of this? Is it just ineptitude? Is it incompetence? Why is this happening now? You know, but as I said, I think it, most of it hinges on that dem- the, the demography thing. They tried to they tried to replace us for the longest time, right? And that didn't uh, didn't pan out exactly as they as they envisioned right the, the, it partially has has panned out the way they wanted to but then the, you know the you have like the united nations coming up with these excuses right well we need replacing a replacement population because we have an aging population right here's just some of the demography maps that we've looked at in other shows right eu russia china japan canada brazil the neoliberal system wants this perfect pyramid. There's always more people coming up from below in order to pay for all the debts and all the social security and you know, you know, all the programs and all that shit, right? But of course, as we know, you can't just replace a population with a foreign population and expect the same results. We're seeing ca- and that's where you get that's where you get with these mainstream demographers and economists and people, they have been in on this scheme, on this plan. Because they think, oh well, all right, well, we gotta just open the borders then, I guess. To make up for that. And they make excuses. Well, we can... Uh, how about having programs to incentivize childbirth? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, they're very costly. You get very little return, some of the mainstream demographers says. You know, it's like, well, have you thought about culture? Have you thought about maybe not shitting on the local population? Making them feel it bad for being white? Maybe you can maybe you can have things where it's basically not just like an endless um, uh, nightmare for parents to raise their kids in, in, in the current system. Fixing some of those issues. Look, there's a problem they don't want to fix. Because that now you get the the level on, over the, the, the demographers and mainstream economists and stuff like that that knows like, no, we need to replace these Europeans. They are, they are the problem. They're standing in our way. These white people, they gotta go. You know what I mean? And uh, so there's a whole slew of things kind of tied into it here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, I, I'm going to return to that more because the the demography. Thing, there's a, an incredible uh, interview there with uh, with one of them from the American Enterprise Institute. We'll we'll do a piece on that soon here, so we'll look out for that. Uh, Mr. Chow says uh, 
I would prefer to see all persons involved in pushing the COVID narrative and enforcing the arbitrary rules face the same fate as the individuals convinced during uh, convicted sorry during the Nuremberg trials. Uh, we've wasted enough tax dollars. A couple of schools uh, spools of rope is cheaper than feeding these parasites while they rot for the remaining days. Well, you know what? If you want to drag out the Nuremberg trials, you got to take into account the uh, torture sessions that were involved in getting the uh, <coughs> the uh, the uh, con uh, convictions out uh, out of the men of those uh, out of the mouths of those men, uh, rather. But uh, no, I, absolutely, I get your point. Yes, yeah, spe speedy trials. Give it. It's. It doesn't have to be an unfair trial. It have to be be the most honest, truthful trial that we've ever seen, and you'll have enough evidence to show that these people were were, were dishonest about what they pushed. Uh, we're going to need people in jail. That's just how it goes. But again, if if the collapse goes fast enough and it's radical enough, and these people go and you know go to the Caribbean somewhere or some uh, you know uh, some island in the, uh, the the U.S. Virgin Islands or something like that for for like a couple of years, or they have some who knows maybe they have some doomsday bunker or something that they go hide in, whether it's New Zealand or something, right? Uh, they they think they can ride out the storm, and then by you know within a few years it'll be so chaotic that no one's going to want to be thinking about going after people, right? For uh, for coercive vaccine, uh, you know, propaganda or something like that. We'll see. I, I hopefully I'm hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully we can at least have it stabilized to such a degree that we can still <laughs> prosecute people. But holy shit, is this going to be a bumpy road? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, another weird one here too. Check this one out. FBI asks court for 66 years to release Seth Rich laptop information. Big surprise. The FBI is asking a U.S. court to reverse an order that it's produced information from Seth Rich laptop computer. If the court does not, the Bureau wants 66 years to produce the information. Just like the FBI, uh, the uh, FDA, right? Remember that? Uh, the vaccine companies in cahoots and they want to hide this for 75 years before it comes out. Why? This is a, I mean, it's still a big story with the site. Seth Rich stuff, right? Because that's like, you know, WikiLeaks and, you know, that whole thing around that. So it's a big story. It's all connected in one way. But that's how dishonest these organizations are, right? The FBI, the DHS, uh, the, the the FDA, the C it's just it's just like rotten to the core. And it, and it has to be it has to be destroyed. It, it's destroying itself. It's going it's going under. You you can't run countries like this. It's just impossible. Right. Uh, Nailbender says, demographics are destiny. Well said, Henrik. Uh, our culture is worth preserving. Our, our people matter. Absolutely. And of course, that's... We are... We are... I'm not going to say we're going to be fine. I mean, we're, 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 I think we're going to be fine. But, uh, but at the same time... We, we need hard times. It's okay to have hard times. It's it's the complace it's the complace um, complacency that has been brought out essentially because of all the comforts and all the modernity and again that's the liberal world order you know and all the you could argue is like okay was it hard before and you know it's like okay sure materialistically maybe things have become more comfortable and convenient. But then at the same time, with like opening our country's borders to make up for this uh, uh, demographic downfall, right? 
holy shit, have, have things gotten worse in our countries? Can't just replace the population and expect things to remain the same. And some of them know that, but many do not. They, they, they truly, they're a true believer in the new religion. We're all equal, so you can just, just swap out people. It's fine. Just import millions and expect, you know, the GDP to continuously always go up. Fuck that shit. That needs to, to, to drown. That needs to go under. That whole mentality and mindset. And it's happening right now. And it was always going to happen, whether it was COVID or whether it was the Russia-Ukraine war with all the supply chain disruptions and, you know, m less minerals now on the global market for, for production of all the cheap goods that have been made over in uh, the, the world's factory in China. That's going to stop. The, the two-day Amazon shipping is, is soon to be over. And, and, and thank the gods for that. You know what I mean? Materialistically, will it be, be harder? Yes, absolutely. It could be it could be borderline catastrophic even in the West. It is, I think it I think it is going to be catastrophic in in many as I said third and and second world uh, countries. Remember that I, I put this on our Telegram. You got to follow us over there if you want some good updates. Tdomi forward slash Red Eyes TV. Uh, acute food insecurity in Africa. That's the current uh, picture right there. It's also why you have people like the uh, the Bono guy that I included in uh, the latest uh, video Lana made about. Uh, uh, basically, white people, uh, Europeans being a minority in the world, the true minority, uh, where where he says that the the one guy, the the he, he's part of that the one campaign that Bono, the YouTube guy, YouTube guy set up, right? <clears throat> and uh, he says uh, Europe and Africa is going to have a very close relationship because one one way or another they will be coming. He said, remember that? Check out Lana's latest video if you haven't seen that clip before. And this is of course part of that. And what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to close the borders. You know, we didn't we didn't do this. No matter how much they blame and all Western colonialism and racism and blah blah blah, it's the elite that created the situation. We didn't do this. Why should we be punished for something we didn't do? Collective punishment. We're going to carry the rest of the world now too. Uh, look, it sucks. For those people, it's going to suck for us. It's going to suck for everybody. It might suck less for some people. But hard times is going to create hard men, and that's what we need. We need leadership. We need powerful people who once again can make decisions. Not sitting in some closet, shaking, you know, shaking nervously <laughs> while they're, like, coding because they're just so sensitive, some Zoomer generation that's coming up from below. Holy shit. I mean, the... There's so many problems. The TikTok brain and the TikTok generation and all that stuff. How are they going to deal and handle with like when things are not available in the stores anymore, especially the the, the grocery stores? They can they can badly they can barely hear someone calling them a, 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 a name or a word. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, continuing the the train of thought here. Um. This is this is what they're doing at the same time, right? These these crazy organizations, such as the EU here, EU gathering intelligence on right wing extremist threats. And there was a good piece in. Let me see. I think did we put that on our Telegram? I think we did. Let me pull that up real quick. Maybe there's kind of a shortcut to this, I guess. In a way, uh, the EU is gathering intelligence on right-wing extremist threats for a wider assessment, said the European Commission. Let me see here if I can find that. From a white paper, I think it's called, on Telegram. Yes, here it is. Silencing the revolution. Let me read this here while we have this, this piece open here. <clears throat> 
The EU is undertaking an intelligence gathering operation against nationalists and other far right groups. Right. So so think of the setup here. Right. The the the, the way that they have created this the situation that we now find ourselves in. You're going to have a an an opposition forming, and obviously, as always happens in hard times, people form around. Stronger parties, people that have willpower, desire, people who have patriotic and nationalistic tendencies, right? So now they have to paint in the EU that these at any kind of group that's more nationalistic or whether it's a, a party or someone who's just organizing on like preserving their, their country and their, their ethnic group during this tumultuous time is going to be targeted for terrorism. So the very the very solutions that we need to be able to continue to running things are going to be targeted by these biggest the biggest institutions uh, on the planet, right? Whether it's weaponized agencies or just the, the full on European Union or, or whether it's NATO or something, the EU is undertaking an intelligence gathering operation against nationalists and other far right groups. European Union Commission for Transparency and Values Vera Jourova has announced that the European Union. Partnering with national governments is drawing up assessment of the terrorist and right-wing extremist threats to the public. This announcement and the action being taken by the European Union come after the United States shared an intelligence report with the Commission, which outlined supposed Russian gifts of cash, material, and cryptocurrency to far-right groups, think tanks, and politicians. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there's been so much of that. It is clearly not about terrorism. The European Union has already established that its political modus operandi for the coming harsh winters of 2022 going into 2023 will be to blame Russia, silent dissent, and has recommended using COVID-19 restrictions as a cover to keep people from gathering to protest in the streets. Turn all those not notifications. Hopefully you guys can't hear those. The um, I'm getting those in Telegram here. Uh, white, white Europeans require political alternatives, leadership, and brotherhood more than ever. In the face of massive popular unrest due to deindustrialization, possible food shortages, and unaffordable electricity and petrol bills, there is no telling what Europe, the European Union and member states' governments may do. So that's from uh, White Paper on uh, Telegram. Check out their uh, their stuff there. The second wanderer says uh, colonialism has done more good uh, done more good for Africa than decades of independence ever will. Yes, absolutely, of course. And if anybody don't believe in colonialism, feel free to do away with everything that it has brought. And we've covered this makeup quite a few times. And actually, we have a piece on that later. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you, second uh, wanderer. That. Uh, Namibia is is demanding money from Germany at, at, at this time when like I mean depending on what happens here with, with the energy situation in Germany and then basically not even, even being able to heat their own houses in Germany now they're asking for 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 millions and millions of Deutschmarks here they're not going to get it because Germany said no <laughs> it's good good for them but just the audacity of them like trying that now right so anyway, RT did a piece on that. We'll play that later for Tom, but it's just like, really? All right, well, if you don't believe in colonialism, then then do away with everything that uh, the colonialist brought. We'll see what you think about that. Let me see here. Uh, let me see. Michael57DE, good to see you. Says on Odyssey, forget jail, piano wire, and lamp posts. Well, you know, we can't say... <laughs> We can't say that here, but uh, I understand those who have that position uh, for sure. We will uh, we'll go we'll go with um, 
go with the uh, catapult into the jail. Can we? Is that okay? Can we say that? <laughs> Look, I'm just saying. I'm not saying that uh, we're not encouraging that. I'm just saying there is going there is going to be people that uh, want will want to see that when they really find out what was done to them, what was done to their children, what was done to their parents and their siblings and their families and their friends and, and, and all of that stuff. And so you're quite right, Michael, you know, that that's what people are going to want, I think, to be honest. Lars Agerbeck on Odyssey says, uh, seems to me that Islamic countries, maybe Bible Belt, Bible Belt 2, I guess you mean in the US, uh, are the only countries with a growing population. Nope, not right, not true either. That's what's so interesting about this. Maybe uh, maybe strict religious dress codes, dogma on gender roles, and promiscuity have a positive effect. So Iran is in in a free fall demographically. I'll, I'll show these graphs again I'll co- when I cover that in detail. Basically, uh, almost not every country, but almost every country is going through this too. And in some cases, they might still have a large like coming generation that's going to be you know the become the workers or the you know the consumers and all that stuff from the neoliberal you know perspective. But they're aging faster, some of them, even than Western uh, countries are. You know, the U.S. is fairly good demographically. But again, it depends on what you mean, because you can't just look at the numbers and say, well, look, here's many people. That's fine then. You know, Sweden is like doing somewhat good demographically. Well, that's because they've opened their borders. But look at the, the this destabilization that's happened in the wake of that. And that the system is going to be, be shut down anyway. Because when you know people will stop consuming, it's going to get poorer. You're going to have more welfare dependence. You're going to have more violence, criminal factions, gangs, mass rape. It's it's still going to shut down the entire country. So the point is, you can't make it up with foreign population numbers. It will not happen. But Iran, in a way, uh, is really bad. There's some. There's I, I can't remember all of them now from the top of my head. But some countries in the Middle East are, are also uh, in a very bad situation. Actually, some might not be. We'll look at that, but uh, but overall, it's not cut and dry like that. All right. So uh, let me see here. I wanted to cover this real too uh, too because it takes us into the France issue here too. Uh, apparently, Rumble and they were down yesterday for the longest time after they made this announcement. I've t- I tried to watch a video on Rumble. I couldn't for like four, five, maybe even more, six hours or something like that. I think it was. Um, apparently, the French government demanded that Rumble removes RT and Sputnik from their platform. And Rumble replied and says, part of our mission to restore a free and open internet, we've committed not to move the goalpost on our content policies. Users with unpopular views are free to access our platform on the same terms as millions or our millions of other users. Accordingly, we have decided to disable access for Rumble or to Rumble for users in France while we challenged the legality of the government's demands. Apparently someone said that they had to have a judge in France in order to push this, put this pressure on a platform like this. Since they're not based out of France, they can't do anything legally. But I guess to avoid lawsuits, they decided to terminate the, the services in France for now. Again, I think you can just get around that with a VPN. That's that's basically it's an IP block, I would assume. So it's not that it's impossible to reach it. But anyway, it's an interesting thing that, that they just like, nope, you you need I remember that that push was made on Odyssey as well and some of these other channels. Like you have to remove RT and Sputnik and some of these other Russian sources because that's Russian propaganda and they're gonna hurt us. You have to shut that down. So uh, Chris Pavlovsky, the guy from uh, Rumble, the CEO, um, 
says, uh, and, and this is funny because, it's, yeah, he says the French government has demanded the rumble block Russian news sources. Like Elon Musk, I won't move our goalposts for any foreign government. <laughs> but of course, that turned out uh, not to be true. We'll talk more about that later. That's that's that little burst of like, whoa, the libs are angry. You know, this must be good. No, that's over. <laughs> and we, of course, made those reservations when we talked about this, that we'll see. We'll, we'll remain cautiously optimistic uh, in the short term here until we can see what happened. And now we've gotten the, uh, now we have the receipts on where it's going to go with Twitter, right? And we'll talk more about that later. So so anyway, um, yeah, Rumble will turn off France entirely. France is a material to us, and we will change the. We will challenge the legality of this demand. But that's you know that's good. That's that's good. They're, they're at least doing that. The New York Times said um, that they were freaking out about Rumble here. All of a sudden, company backed by JD Vance gives platform for Russian propaganda. That's right. So if they have a channel on there with the, where they can publish their videos. That's the whole pl- the platform is Russian propaganda. An interview of captive uh, captive Americans done under duress appears on a web platform backed by J.D. Vance and Peter Thiel. What was the line here? Mm. What was the line? It was a line that someone pulled out. Let me see if I can find that real quick here. Oh, man, I should have pulled that out. Uh, I can't find it now. There was another one posting it. Okay. Anyway, they they more they they go after Vance and some of these other people. All right, I can't find that now. It was it was basically just like this is it needs to be shut down. The whole thing needs to be taken off uh, every app platform. You know, the, the, all the usual stuff. Essentially, that's what it was. I'll see if I can find that line later. It's kind of funny. Uh, someone did a Substack. Uh, you know, in not a response to the New York Times piece, but like to, to linking to it and so yeah, this the, the author uh, what was his name again? Uh, Danny ha- Hakim is right. We need to shut down Rumble. All right, Lycan Warriors says university requires students attend anti-white courses. Of course, of course. This is so fascinating about this too that it's like. As I said before, the, the the demographers are like, why why aren't we having children? What's the this is a mystery. And then and then decades and decades and decades of just like relentless shitting on white people goes unchecked by most of these people, and they're just like, which is I guess technically not true. You know, one of the guys that we'll we'll talk about mentioned like he mentioned the Gramscian uh, march through the institutions. So like, okay, so you know cultural Marxism, you know what that produced, but you couldn't even mention. This is from the America's point of view now, but like, why the um, largest demographic group for now in America have have didn't have as many kids as prior generations and things like that. And and, and they're just silent about this. And they're pretending that the whole liberal system that promoted these ideals, or or at least that gave way for these ideas, that, that they're like, sure, of course, we'll, we need equality now. And it's all, you know, it's all free, the free market of ideas, you know, like the, <laughs> that kind of thing. That's what enabled like the insane lunacy with, with the shit libs and the anti-whites and stuff like that. And, and there's been no pushback even from like the neocon people. And in fact, in many cases, they've been pushing it themselves, right? The business world, the capitalists, they wanted cheap labor, just open the borders, right? That's what they wanted. <clears throat> All right. Um, 
so anyway, let, let me see if I can be brief on this here. The uh, the COVID stuff, right? Because we began with the Atlantic piece. Thank you, Lycan, for that, by the way. Uh, we began with the uh, Atlantic piece there, too. And there are some things that have happened on the COVID front, which is just worth to be aware of. Good piece on Substack by, uh, what's this? Uh, courageous Disclosure. I thought that this was uh, McCullough. Yeah, it is P okay, yeah, this is Peter McCullough. Uh, the French Connection. Moderna CEO Stefan Bancel, the Wuhan lab, and a curious gene patent. Did I pull out... Yeah, let me just read here. On February 21st, 2022, Frontiers in Virology published a report titled MSH3, Homology, homology homo, Homology, <laughs> I guess it is, and potential recombination link to SARS-CoV-2 uh, furin cleavage sites. Site. The furin cleavage site is the component of the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein that enables the virus to dock onto human lung Epithelial, ep epithelial cells. Is that what it is? <laughs> I, I think I heard McCullough say something like that. Fancy boy over there. Uh, thereby initiating the viral replication process. Uh, yeah, so it, it connects, right? And then that gives the instructions to the, the cell, right? And then it begins to churn out this, this the spiked protein, the, 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 to the toxin, right? And he says here, it is the key feature of SARS-CoV-2 that made it infectious to human. Examining the genetic code of this part of the spike protein, the authors noted that part of the sequence was a perfect match to a genetic sequence patented in 2016 by Bancel et al. in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And of course, he's the head of Moderna, right? And of course, there's been patents that were at least work on the mRNA stuff that goes back to be, way before 2016, together with the NIH. Right? They wanted the vaccine. They rolled out this. This is the this is a bio weapon. This is now what's making people sick. And whether COVID in of itself was a bio weapon or not, or a fraud or whatever, the damage is done now, and we're going to see the consequences of it. COVID more likely than not, the result of a laboratory incident, says U.S. Senate. They, this, Of course, I mean, this was hard to figure out, right? Committee report said the, the theory the virus emerged naturally no longer deserves the benefit of the doubt and a leak was more plausible. And I think it was intentional if it ever even existed. Here's just another one, right? There's uh, Dan Lyman over on uh, Twitter. This aged very poorly. We tried to, to warn her. Rip. <clears throat> she uh, said here, Julie Powell, I would argue that COVID does kill some of the right people. The anti-vaxxers, maskers are dying in legions. But yes, it's a real shame about Kavanaugh. Uh, so she went on to uh, die herself. Food writer Julie Powell, 49 years old, dies by a cardiac arrest. And this is just an, an endless slew of these stories over the last few months now that we've seen right and of course we do want to talk about the vaccine a little bit too this is kind of an interesting piece here right Sadiq Khan getting where's my mouse there it is uh Sadiq Khan getting his uh his his shot and then uh, you realize he has the uh he's he gets it with the the cap on <laughs> right is is another one who is this again is this Canada uh TD Martin Conway is that is that the UK no, is that Canada too maybe that's Canada too let me take that off. Here, here he is here, right? And then someone zooms in on it. The cap is still on. 
How many of these have we seen too with the elite? The, or not the elite, maybe they are these the elite. No, They're the managerial halfway, the the midwits that are pushing this, right? But yeah, many because they don't, they can't have it. They can't afford another person collapsing on stage or getting some like direct uh, side effects of this kind of stuff, right? Can't have that. So it's uh, better be safe than sorry. Let's just fake it in front of the cameras, right? Um. Here's another one from the Children's Defender, right? Um, uh, actually, it's republished from the Epoch Times, I guess, but, the, you know, whatever. Uh, bombshell emails the CDC pressured the FDA to authorize COVID boosters without clinical trials. Oh, whoop-de-doo, big surprise. Who could have seen this coming? The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention pressured U.S. Regula regulators to clear COVID-19 boosters without clinical trial data, according to emails obtained by Judicial Watch. Yep, big surprise. Was this from? From uh, the 27th of uh, October. We don't have to read it, to be honest. We, just The headlines is, is enough at this point of this. We'll get stuck on that. We have many other things to cover. Uh, Japan bombshell COVID-19 vaccines four times the myocarditis risk than background population. Extremely high myocarditis death odds coming out from Japan. <clears throat> Big surprise. Can't believe it. Who could have known? Uh, here's another one from the Epoch Times. A danger signal leaked hospital email reports increase in stillbirths COVID-19 vaccine suspected. Of course it is. An email recently shared with the Epoch Times that was sent out to the healthcare staff of hospital systems in Fresno, California, reported an increase in demise, uh, yeah, demise patients or stillbirths. Is that, what the is that the technical term for it? Demise Patients? I've actually never heard of that. Or stillbirths that is expected to continue according to the email. There were 22 demise patients in August. Let me see if I can find birth. Sorry, find that clip. Uh, there were 22 demise patients in August 2022, which ties, the, uh, which ties the record number of demises in July 2021. And so far in September, there have been seven, and it's only the eighth day of the month, the managing nurse wrote. Do we have that? No, um, search COVID then. The managing nurse went on to write that she hopes the trend doesn't continue indefinitely. Uh, here it is. Yeah, oh, it's the miscarriages one. Let's play that one. That's right. I thought it was the, because uh, it's the same thing there, right? So demographics, population collapse. Now is the time we need as many babies as possible, right? We're standing in, in front of a depopulation uh abyss right of course rightly so for a while because we we assumed it would be kind of business as usual for many years before you know covid and then the russia thing and then the supply chain breakdown and all that stuff and again that was that was that was kind of an inevitable thing with the demographics but then at least you'd say okay well then at least the babies that we do get we could <laughs> maybe not that smart to, to, to kill even more than with it with like the covid shot and cutting causing infertility and stillbirths and stuff like that right yeah, here's that uh, uh, OBGYN pre uh, nurse in Florida talking about that, uh, the uh, miscarriages and infertility. Listen to this. Kimberly Biss, I'm an OBGYN that practices in St. Pete, Florida. I can definitely say since the vaccine rollout started, we have seen in our practice a decrease in new OB numbers, which would be infertility by about 50%. 
We've also seen an increase in miscarriage rate by about 50%. And I would say there's probably about a 25% increase in abnormal pap smears, as well as cervical malignancies in our area. So they're, uh, they're killing us. They're killing our population. They're killing our young. They're killing the uh, yet-to-be-born. <clears throat> we're not talking abortion now. Now we're talking about the, uh, the clot shot, which, of course, they man, did they push that on uh, pregnant women there for a while, right? The study in which Thorpe was involved, this is another one, not a doctor here, talking about this, uh, was involved and found a significant increase in 14 serious side effects, including fetal malformation, fetal cardiac arrest, and stillbirth for women who took the COVID-19 vaccine compared to the influenza vaccine vaccination. The study called for a moratorium on the use of COVID-19 vaccines in pregnancy. In addition, it consists it it's consistent with um, uh, one. 1,366 peer-reviewed publications in just 15 months documenting severe complications and death after the COVID-19 vaccines, Thorpe said. Uh, This piece continues as well. Completely safe for pregnant women, right? That's what we heard. Yep, exactly. Absolutely insane. Gonna need people in jail, folks. Uh... Nellbender says, it turns out that there are consequences if you abuse children by telling them they are destroying the planet. Exactly. Yeah, we play a clip with boomers and others. We were told it was bad to have kids back then, right? We play those those, uh, clips and those comments made by a lot of people. Oh, we have to do our part for the environment, and it was bad. And, you know, look, maybe there would be a natural kind of decline, like you if you move, move away from a rural setting... You know, you you do, there is the reality of that, and and there are mainstream demographers talking about this too. And it's not that that's wrong, right? But that you live on the countryside, you have children are free labor, right? You need you need that. You need that on the farm. You need that to survive. People move into cities, and modern, everything's getting modernized. People therefore not, is not only getting like lazier and more comfortable, and everything is about convenience and stuff. It's but it's smaller and it's more expensive and all these things, right? And so they're having, of course, less children in many regards because they 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 can't they get, they can't afford it. It's 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 hard. You, if you don't want the state to raise them, like there's all these things that, that that's been like self-inflicted wounds essentially on the demographic front as well. Uh, but they have done everything they can to make it worse along the way too. That's what's so fascinating about it, which I don't hear mainstream demographers talking about much. Uh, thank you, Nailbender. Appreciate that. Uh, Enlightened Despot says, uh, I'm looking forward to judge trying to explain to Trudeau, sir, life in prison also means you lose your tr- uh, three jet holidays a month. Is that what he's taking now? I guess so. And listening to him cry like a little girl. Yeah, man, people like Trudeau and some of these other people, it's just, we need them. We just, for moral, for moral, like, strength and support and, and a moral boost. We need these people in jail. I, I totally agree with that. <laughs> uh, Archie says, uh, Hindustan Times reported that Canada will increase immigration to 400,000 people per year for three years and said Canada's fertility is 1.4 children per womb. I struggled to understand the skilled workers at the pizza and sandwich shops and other customer uh, customer service phone lines. Welcome to Kanakistan or Pakistani Pakistanida. Yes, I mean um, they are using that as the excuse to get mainstream managerial people to go along with it. You know, what I mean, we're all equal. It's just about integration. 
you know, still be Canada. They're living in Canada. They talk, you know, with a Canadian accent, many of them now. It's fine, you know what I mean? They might not look exactly like Canadians, but mostly it will remain the same. They will just be a browner Canada. And of course, as we know, that's not uh, not true. <laughs> but yeah, I actually have a clip um, on that too. I, and I, I feel I have to play that, uh, to be honest. It's coming up. Is that... Yes, this one here, especially specifically towards the end, the economists are talking, what can be done, to your comment there, Archie, what can be done about, uh, you know, uh, there's a, workers have too much leverage, that's what they're saying, they're upset about this, remember they had that Bank of America piece where they're saying, my God, we can't believe these, can't believe this, the workers out there ha are having way too much leverage, they can now negotiate salaries, you want work to be in demand, you don't, you, cheap shit can wait, I don't care about the economy at the end of the day. I don't give a fuck about the, how much cheap stuff you can buy. It's not about that. I don't care about GDP. Even if we suffer hard economically, the most important thing that we have is our people. And we can always turn that around. And that's what's, what no one is talking about when it comes to this, these equations around demography. There's nothing wrong with a slump or a downturn. Endless growth is impossible. No matter how you square, you can never square that circle. It, eventually, you're going to have to deal with it. And if we don't do it intentionally with, by human action, look, they could, have, they could have made choices years ago. Okay, look, it's, it's not going to be the same endless growth and GDP production and debt and all that stuff, uh, but we're not going to open our borders, right? Think of it positively. Now workers will have more, more leverage. There'll be higher salaries because workers will be more in demand. That's a good thing, right? Nope. Screw that shit. Leftists are even, you know, the wor the workers' champions uh, kind of guys and people. No, no, we gotta we gotta open the borders, you see, and replace these uh, shitty white people here. <clears throat> totally turn their back on anything that has to do with that. Here's another one here, just kind of closing out the. I mean, it's all de demography related, of course, but closing out like the, the COVID angle to this. Uh, infertility concerns, dropping birth rates, a million missing babies in the European Union. There's a terrible drop of about 20% in multiple countries. Here's the graph. You can go up the full screen so you can see. As many of you know, birth rates have taken a bit of a dip since the introduction of the COVID-19 shot. And again, a lot of reasons for this. It, I, I think it's you can't just pin it on COVID. That's a now now that's a huge part of it. But there's a lot of reasons for this as well. A study in June found that 75 to 150 following injection, uh, there was a 15.4 percent decrease in sperm concentration from baseline and a 22.1 percent decrease in the total motile motile count. Right? There's a mobility of the sperm, I, I assume. Right? Media picked up the story and called it transitory, similar to what they claimed about myocarditis. But what is the state of birth rates now? Are they returning back to normal, or are they still far below baseline? Here's uh, Naomi Watts, who's been horrible on certain issues, but she's been very good on the COVID vax. Listen to this. Headlines related to the, the, the vaccines. Um, I do want people to know that I interviewed Igor, Igor Chudov, who's a very respected sub stacker and a mathematician. It's amazing. 
Yes. yes. He's been doing a deep dive into the uh, government databases for birth rates, um, as you know, we've discussed before. And he brought forward, I, I've been following him closely because about three months ago, he said, okay, there's this terrible drop of about 20% in multiple countries. Let's hope it's a blip. Let's hope it's temporary. And he's very careful checking, and it's now three months later, and he's confirming that it's not temporary, that in fact there are um, 23,000 missing babies in one quarter, uh, three months, in Germany alone, meaning almost 100,000 missing babies this year, um, you know, projecting ahead to the end of 2022. And then this is just one country. Uh, and then you, you look at the whole European Union, and it's close to a million missing babies. In other words, a drop in birth rates so systemic that uh, that we're, we're missing a million new babies, almost a million in all of the European Union. And really important thing I want to tell you, you know, when you're asking, well, how, you know, how uh, hard are those numbers, is that he actually had a control which is certain provinces in Hungary for various reasons didn't get vaccinated. They were very low vaccination uptake provinces. And so they had virtually normal birth rates. So there is a control now for the missing babies of Europe. <clears throat> right. And again, I think it's interesting that she mentions Hungary because of course we have seen articles, <clears throat> New York Times, probably the Atlantic, right? All the LA Times or whatever, you know, ABC News, CBS, BBC, the, oh my God, the Hungary is natalist and, you know, anti-Semitic and there's like Nazis, they're the new Nazis essentially over there in Hungary, right? So, okay, if they didn't take the shot, great. But they've also had a decent policy on actually encouraging birth rates within their native population which of course should have happened all over europe and some countries tried granted right but like take sweden for example they tried like by having tax cuts or oh if you um if you have one more child you get this like okay great but but it's not just about the money though that's the other thing to this right while you're incentivizing people financially maybe just a little bit or some tax breaks or something if you have more kids or whatever you still have a culture and a society and an academic environment and an entertainment environment, a media environment where like Swedes are bad, they suck, they're racist. We, you know, uh, it, it sucks being so, this constant looking down at like uh, uh, native Swedes and stuff like that. That's just like S Swedes are steeped in that environment feeling bad for who we are. That has to change. You can't, you gotta, you have to. Again, I'm not saying that's a coincidence. Oh, they just didn't understand this. They've allowed it. They wanted this to happen. So, it's, so I get it, right? But I'm just saying, from if, if you want to take any of these mainstream people at their word that they're genuinely, and uh, uh, you know, surprised or confused to why this is happening. Well, we tried. We give, we offered more money and stuff. It's they're they're either too dumb or they're dishonest by not recognizing that we cannot have this environment uh, that we currently have in in the West wherever white people live, uh, where we just make them feel bad about who they are. Culture, tradition, heritage, looking, you know, Im improving morale and self-esteem, essentially, within the ethnic group. That's what's necessary. Why would people want to bring more kids into the world if, if they think they're bad or evil? I mean, many, of course, see through that, and they do it anyway. <clears throat> And you might say, "Oh, but what you all this problem? What's about what about the solution, Henrik? We'll get to that. We'll we'll talk about what what we can do 
right now, what we can do that don't hold political power or, or major sway or anything like that. Would, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll do that a little bit. Toward, we'll do that towards the end, right? Well, what can we do? What, what's, what can we do right now? We'll, we'll get to that, okay? So anyway, so the point is they're, 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 they're vaxxing uh, kids and moms and men and every, every, as much as they can, right? It's, it's, it's depressing. It's blackpilling. It's a, it's a depressing downturn of our people, of our civilization. But again, it's happening almost everywhere. Not, not everywhere, but many places. And of course, again, as we know, you won't be able to replace um, those people anyway, right? You can't just import and open the borders. And that's what, uh, let me see, what was the other one? Uh, well, this is the, the, the economy thing here, too. Um, which ties into all of this, right? If you, if you have bad economic circumstances, food shortages, threats of food shortages, inflation, you think people are going to have more kids in that environment? White people, you, I hope you saw the, the intro a uh, little snippet in idiocracy right the super intelligent people are the, the two the white people saying now oh, can't possibly be. the market is just not good right now we can't bring uh, children into this world ends with him dying of course why the kind of the uh, the person who's not uh, very thoughtful or thinking at all goes on to have you know 15 idiocracy would have been much more accurate if they actually uh, had a little bit more diverse demographics in that film let me put it that way but anyway uh, Hexagod Podcasts says, uh, Jews did the scandemic. I made a bunch of videos warning people starting March 2020 that the pandemic was fake and vaccines were going to cause fertility problems. Everyone who promoted fake vaccine needs to pay. The, I mean, you, Albert Borla went on to get uh, prizes, right? The Genesis Prize. He went to Jerusalem, super proud of this. He even donated some of the prize money from that to Holocaust museums in Israel, in Jerusalem, and things like this. And of course, as, as um, I guess as Kanye, Kanye would say, um, Look at the uh, look at the reality of the uh, of the breakdown, right? Of 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 who primarily pushed the vax, or who has been CEOs of these companies and stuff, right? That's just that's the fact of that's the fact of the matter. Uh, it's just what it is. So Lagarde here, the European Central Bank lady, the inflation crisis has come from pretty much nowhere, according to the European Central Bank president, along with her pre uh, predecessor Mario Draghi, who went on to be the PM of Italy and ruined that country as well, all like world economic forum puppets, all that stuff. They deserve much of the blame for the financial crisis Europe will go through in the coming decade. Again, if they can pretend that they well, we had no idea what was happening. Oh, well, you see COVID, right? And it's like, no, you laid the groundwork for this. You had a debt-based system. You had this neoliberal insane, you know, uh, what, are they, what do they call it? Quantitative easing and fractional reserve banking and just endless debt and just uh, uh, you know nonstop printing and stuff, right? Oh no, it's just COVID. Oh, and then and then Putin invaded. What was the? Uh, yeah, here's look at the headline from the piece uh, they use as a, as a screenshot here too. Lagarde says inflation crisis came from nowhere. Describes Putin as a terrifying man. The European Central Bank president made an appearance opposite Ryan Tuberti. I don't even know who that is. On the uh, late, late show tonight, talking about that. Pretty much out of nowhere. We had no idea that this was happening. See how they're trying to deflect blame away from themselves to try to stay safe? I mean, she probably has a bunker somewhere. She will run to that and think she's going to get away at the end of the day. 
And she might for a little bit, but oh boy, I hope that these people get uh, get um, a a very speedy and uh, and, f- and uh, fair give them a, give them a fair trial. Let's let's dig into what they really knew, right? What they really said behind the scenes, these people. What they really were planning all along with the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum bullshit and the Build Back Better agenda and all that stuff. We we all can tell that they they knew that they were like imploding the system intentionally. Now we're seeing massive consequences for this. Let me play a little bit of this clip here. It's regarding the housing market. The housing market is crashing from NBC News. They bring on a couple of uh, economists. I want to play you a little bit in the beginning just to frame the the conversation. And then at the end, well, what's the one thing we can do right now to make the the economy better? That's that's what I want to get to here. Let's play just a little bit here. And I'm joined now by two terrific guests on this front. pal over at CNBC, the senior economics reporter Steve Leisman, and Diane Swank, chief economist at KPMG, whose Twitter thread on housing sort of got my alarm bells uh, ringing this morning, and which is, I'm so glad you could join us today, Diane. But Steve, let me start with you. And look, this is a case where voter sentiment about the economy and where the economy is headed are actually in sync, correct? Potentially, yeah, to the extent that people are worried about a recession, it is a abiding concern of, of economists, forecasters, CEOs, Federal Reserve officials. Kind of interesting that such a small percentage think we're in one now. There's a lot of talk about are we in one yet, but uh, 59% think that's to come, which is not a very good number. And Chuck, I want to say you were spot on starting. Well, with- is, it, is it true or is it false? Let's talk about that. Their job is just to keep the cogs of this broken machine going as as long as possible to make the pain and the suffering as excruciating as possible. That that's all I'm saying right now. Just keep just let it just just keep it going. Just whatever you can do, just flood just flood the the market with money. Just stimulate, stimulate, you know, kind of thing. And because that will make the hard so much uh, that will make the fall so much harder, right? with housing because you know i've been doing this poll for 14 years which is ridiculous to think about it but nothing colors people's attitudes about the economy as does their views about housing the 23 percent who think their home is going to decrease that's the highest level since 2008 that's the financial crisis and the percent who think their home is going to increase just 32 percent that's the lowest level since the pandemic so i think you're right to focus on housing and the importance of that right. for people's attitudes on the economy well Diane- all right so so he goes over to that lady but listen to the end now they, they then they talk generally about the economy let me see if i can find the right spot here i think is this the last question by him Let's, ch- let's check from here. Don't mind. Real quickly, you asked me at the top of the show how the reality comports with the poll of the economy. One thing the Biden administration has going for it is this really low unemployment rate. Yep. And yet, Republicans have a double-digit lead in our poll on which party is best for creating jobs. So I guess when the Americans put a pox on your, on your house, they do it on the entire house. You know, Diane, it was funny on the illegal immigration. You said the one silver lining in the housing industry is... There may not be a lot of layoffs because they were having trouble finding labor, right? Exactly, yeah. and exactly, and, and you know, I, I have, this is a little bit unfair because I answer that same poll that Steve puts out. Let me see. No, okay, no, it was earlier. You got, you got to hear this. Sorry, I got the wrong timestamp right there. Let, let's see if here's the. What's the one thing that like should be done right now? And of course, look at the answer here too. In part because of the pandemic, we keep getting this idea that. Uh, and I'm not talking about illegal immigration. That's a separate hotbed issue. But the idea being of, of opening. There it is. 
multiply? Is it to try to do something? What is the something? Here we go. Here it is. Okay, finally found it. <laughs> that the business community wants to have. Is it increase the labor supply? Yep. Is it pay down the debt? It, what, what, is a, what is something that they would like to see Washington do post-election that could actually help soften this landing? You know, Chuck, we do a survey of economists and fund managers, um, a separate survey, a smaller group, of course. And we've asked exactly that question. What else should be done here? And I don't know if you want to play uh, 20 questions here, but I'll tell you right off. The number one answer, two surveys in a row, is to increase legal immigration. Mm -hmm. You go back to the too. Trump administration. As a matter of policy, they reduced legal immigration. That was brought to a halt during the pandemic. The Biden administration was very slow yep. opening up the embassies, in part because of the pandemic. We keep getting this idea that, uh, and I'm not talking about illegal immigration, that's a separate hotbed issue. But the idea being of, of opening up the, the, the doors for people to come in more legally and, and, and to fill the jobs that we yeah. have available in this country. One other thing, Chuck, if you don't mind, real quickly, you asked me at the top of the show. Anyway, and she repeats the same thing. It, again, the Bank of America said the American worker have too much leverage, right? It, it's good for the worker to be able to have higher wages, right? And more more demand over the wor the workers that are available, even if that's low, <laughs> right? But it's like, no, we we need, the, the one thing that should be done right now is opening the board. I'm just talking about how insane these people are to think in this climate that that's what's necessary right now. And that's what they're pushing. This is where the far left and the, you know, the capitalists, the, the neoliberals, they all align on the same issue, right? open the borders, let them all in as we can fill all these uh, jobs that we have available, you know, kind of thing. Like, instead of encouraging, I don't know, let's say movement then inside of the country or movement of, uh, of uh, where the jobs are or something, move them to where the people are, where the jobs are and stuff like that. You have more homeless people than ever, you know, all this stuff, right? Anyway, the, I'll go into this in more detail in that uh, longer piece that I'll do on the de uh, demographics because they're like they're basically like of co obviously shitting on white people at the same time saying oh they're so lazy they're not they're not doing these jobs and we have to open the borders and let them all in and stuff and the point is this is not going to work and eventually your civilization is going to go under just like Rome did because you can't just replace the population right. Uh, Black Phillips says uh, Henrik aside from Germany is much of the upcoming energy crisis in Europe price. Uh, gou uh, gouging or orchestrated by the World Economic Forum and the banks banksters. <clears throat> uh, from what I understand, the UK gets its own energy or imports it from Norway, yet energy costs have already doubled. What the fuck? Yeah, I, it's kind of like the... I guess the gas is the same thing. There's a number of other... I forget. Uh, yeah, I guess just general energy right? prices have been like that, that... As soon as there's rumors of there being a shortages, they increase the prices. They don't, they don't actually increase the prices when there is a shortage. They begin before it's even happened. To ma I mean, you have maximized profits on, on energy companies right now, be that, uh, you know, pe uh, petrochemicals or natural gas or uh, hydro, you know, whatever it is, right? <clears throat> but... Um, it is it, it is orchestrated in the sense that I think that they want a... I think they want a, a perfect, uh, like a convergence, I guess, of, of 
all the right issues at the same time, if you can create cr enough crisis, you, of course, you get maximum pain, which is, at the end of the day, I think these people, I think many of them want us dead. That's just how I view it. I mean, if, if there's no food, you can't heat your home, people are going to die. It's, it's really as simple as that which will give way for them to then step in later and say, oh, you know, this was this was a crazy mistake, everybody. We can't we can never let this happen again. We have to uh, we'd have to bring in measures now to build a, a global system that's reliable. We all have to be partners and working with together. We have to, you know, it's kind of like the, the multipolar, multipolar world order piece I did in the, in the Weekend Warrior segment, which was, I think, a very, very important piece, by the way, to understand why you see this Russia-China fa uh, faction kind of popping up right now. It's basically the, the, the world, the new world order is, is decentralizing itself because it knows that that's the only way it can survive. There's certain other things where they've learned their lesson now over the last few decades that you can't trust the political system. You can't, despite cheating and despite election fraud, you can't trust the voters to vote for the right candidate. And someone might just show up that takes uh, the direction in a, in a in the wrong direction, right? Goes with the country in the wrong direction. Like, like the US, you could argue Trump did this at least for a while. Uh, or if it was in on it from the, the get-go, again, you can argue that, but the point is, Many of them did not like this. They don't. They didn't feel that they had 100% control of the situation. And on some issues, I, I generally think they didn't. It was like a mercurial kind of guy. And of course, he was. He turned out to, at the end of the day to be reined in by the people around him, right? His advisors and the Kushners and all that stuff. So it didn't turn out to be that big of a problem. But it still showed to the global elite that somebody could just show up here who's an outsider and get elected and, and just start steering off in the different direction. We can no longer trust the pol political system to do our bidding for us. Therefore, let's walk away from that. Let's spend more time <clears throat> on building businesses into the global equation. That's why you got things like ESGs now, for example, environmental, social governance coming out through the World Economic Forum. You want to have them abiding by the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, right? Agenda 2030. That will be your NGO-type mechanisms that, that you steer the world, right? And so even if you have a, a temporary break-off of one of the poles of the New World Order, you have a multipolar New new World Order that basically is in place that be able to... Uh, maybe one cell is taken out for a little bit, right? You get a populist leader elected in a country. It's not so bad because you have distributed the power now over multiple center, centers. If you go back to that video that the World Economic Forum did about the uh, what will the world look like in 2030, uh, where the famous meme, you know, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy comes from, they showed you this in the video too. They say there will not be a central superpower like the United States. The weakening of each country is, necess is necessary. It's about the... They call it the balancing of power, uh, where you basically have to you have to weaken those who are strong, and you have to lift up those who are weak in order to distribute the power equally, so that one pole can't take over the whole thing and run off in a direction that you can't rely on and can't trust on. So the the global elite are decentralizing the whole thing right now. And again, to, before they're offering us that system of like, here we go, we get a fit. We can never let this happen again. Look at all the starvation and the shortages that happened and the demographic decline and blah, blah, blah. We need to build back better now. And we need to have this whole new fourth industrial revolution basically baked into the, baked into the system as we build it up from ground up again. So I think it's just about 
wrecking havoc and causing as much chaos and damage and disruption as possible. At the same time, I think they want to try to remain in some, not that they're in charge maybe, but at least that it doesn't destabilize to such a degree that people will like, you know, I don't know, find their bunkers and haul them out of there or something like that. Um, but I think that they're going to, you'll see some of these people disappear. I mean, literally over the last next few years, going underground. And again, in some cases, literally, and then resurfacing later and seeing like, oh, peeking their head out. Well, what's what's the damage here? What happened? You know what I mean? How, how did it go? I mean, they'll have their people on the surface too, kind of thing, right? Uh, Greta Thunberg is back in the news as well. Calls for overthrow of whole capitalist system. I agree, but I don't want what she's proposing. <laughs> right? Uh, she Can I import that audio clipper? Black Phillip says, I've had immigration arguments with shitlibs forever on places like Reddit and Tumblr. They claim mass immigration reforms are needed or the economy will collapse. Uh, I've, I've told them, fine, but they can never complain about housing prices or lower wages ever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so they want reform in the sense, yeah, they want mass immigration reforms in the sense that we have to open the borders and let them all in, right? Because that's what I've heard too. Yeah, it's like the um, the Vox writer, forget his name now. He has like a South American name, right? What's his name again? Um, he wrote that book about how there needs to be basically almost a billion people in the U.S. And where, where, where are you going to get these people from? Because he certainly do, doesn't want births among the white population. No, he wants open borders and letting everyone in. For, again, and, and think about this. This is interesting, right? We showed you that crazy climate map from back uh, a few shows ago. Did we not show you that? The tweet. Oh, can I find that now? Where basically they're arguing that like, oh, eventually it will be the, the, the global south will be unlivable. And baked into again the agenda 2030 sustainable development goals you have immigration the majority of those um uh, points i guess in in the agenda 2030 uh, is is of 17 10 of them are about migration so it could also be that they in one way they want to see the third and second world collapse intentionally in order to get a mass movement of people up to the global uh, north, right? The global, uh, the northern hemisphere, essentially, or at least, you know, and, and maybe that's how they think they're going to get, you know, continue to 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 run the, the the show or something. But again, I I think it's I think it's impossible. I think it, the damage is too far gone, and they won't be able to repair what what has happened, essentially. And again, you could argue is that because of incompetence, or uh, is that because they want that, you know? Uh, but yeah, thank you, Black Phillip. Uh, they have turned. The point is that you're making as well is they have turned their back so hard on this issue of workers and you know like trying to be the <laughs> standing up for the average the little guy and oh we got to have higher wages and stuff. Absolutely, you're 100 correct on that. Um, other issue here too, of course, of why the supply chain is in big trouble. Diesel shortages. I saw that Tucker covered it, so if you watch his show, you might have seen that too. Uh, but East Coast fuel markets are facing a diesel shortage. Mansfield is moving to the southeast to Code Red, requesting 72-hour notice for deliveries when possible to ensure fuel and freight can be secured at economic levels. That's the danger zone right there. And we have more on this. <clears throat> fuel company warns of historic diesel shortage. 
A fuel supply company is warning of an impending diesel shortage impacting the southern, uh, southeastern rather, United States due in part to the low supply of diesel reserves. Mansfield Energy, which delivers more than 3 billion gallons of fuel annually in North America, said in a memo on Friday that conditions in the diesel supply market are rapidly devolving and that the company expert expects several states to experience serious effects from the shortage. The announcement comes days after the Energy Information Administration reported that diesel reserves are at their lowest level since 2008. Big problem. Also a very big problem. Diesel premium is the highest since at least 2005. The diesel shortage is getting worse. It impacts is on trucking, farming, mining, all the things that you need to run a civilization. That is being driven into the ground, essentially. We've talked about how Chinese demographics are bad. If you look at the little, uh, the little graph there, some people have been saying that they're overcounting their population, and it might be even much worse than it actually is. They might have over overcounted 100 million people, some people are saying. And apparently this is true for their economy as well. There was a video out uh, just a few days ago actually almost a week ago, about China's economy is actually 60% smaller than we we actually thought. Uh, it references a study from, do they have it in the description? No, they do not. Okay, anyway, there's a, a study uh, that they reference in the video. Uh, check that out if you want to find out more about that. It's just one of those small things of like, you know, China's going to dominate and they're going to they're gonna be running the show in the future. It's going to be China-based and stuff like that. No, it's just demographically, it's it's over for China. I mean, she just overturned like the one-child policy, and the fact that this didn't happen sooner almost implies that like they wanted this to happen. I, I don't know. I mean, you couldn't have a worse guy looking after the Han ethnicity if you if you wanted one that you thought would be like pro-China and lifting them out and doing what's best for them and stuff. I mean, again, it could be, could it be incompetence. Sure, it's possible, I guess, to a certain extent. Uh, so demogra demographics are bad in China. The economy is bad. It's basically a Potemkin village. It's a paper tiger. Down to the actual like way that they're building the the the, the damn infrastructure over there, right? We're actually seeing like it's just facades. <laughs> it's just a facade. This is fake. It's 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 a distraction. It it's not going to get anywhere, right? But the, the evergreen scandal, the economic situation, the COVID insanity, the lockdowns, the uh, the zero COVID policy that they're running. And of course, some people take that officially. There's like, oh, it's really serious. They have no option. That's well, the only thing they can do, blah, 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 which I don't buy at all. I think you have uh, globalists running the uh, running the country over there uh, as well. And uh, and they're in on it. So they are doing what's weakening uh, them in the country. And uh, oh, well, you know, kind of thing. Over to the UK, census has been released. One in six people in England and Wales are first-generation foreigners. The number of people who were born in Romania grew by 576% since the previous census, from 80,000 in 2011 to 539,000 in 2021. One in five people in Swindon are foreigners in the UK. One in three people in Reading are foreigners. One of two people in London. Sorry, one in, yeah, one in two people in London. What is, is that wrong? What is that? Or is that, 
more than one in two people in five London boroughs are foreigners. That's what they mean. Now, now, I get, now the coin dropped, yes. Not a single area of the UK has become more English in the last 10 years. This area was the lowest level of foreigners in our nation. Um, where's he highlighting there? <clears throat> oh, that, right there. Okay, I see. There. Well, if you ever wanted a place to move in England, you, you got it on, on the map, folks. <laughs> if you're pro-white, you got your area right there. Hopefully it's not just a bunch of shit libs, though, that you got to take that into account, too. 40% of all foreigners came in the last 10 years, all under conservative party rule. Here we go. And, of course, again, economy, economy, replace the population, open the borders, neoliberal systems got to continue, debt-based economy, print more money. It's like the U.S., right, that conspiracy that the birth certificates actually, they are actually representative of, like, a value that the, that the central bankers can, like, you know, put on you, essentially, right? You can borrow against that and stuff like that. And so that it, so they don't care about the, the quality of the people. They, they just want quality. It's like a damn farm. We're like, we, and, and we're not the ones being farmed as white people. They, maybe you could argue they, okay, maybe they did that for a little bit, like after the Second World War or, war or something like that, or, you know, as things were booming or whatever. But then they're like, yeah, I don't know about these white people. It's not that reliable. Can we, um, can we, can we merge them with some other group and kind of, um, I don't know, kind of like uh, deracinate them from like their heritage and culture and, and ethnicity. Can we do, can we can do that? Okay. All right. Let's great. Let's do the, can, we'll start on that then. Okay. Super good. Double plus good. Let's do that. And now they're like farming people. <laughs> the more, the better. Uh, but again, having said that up to this point, so if you thought it was bad with the chaos that is slated to come in many of our countries, now it's going to be 10 times worse because of the demographic differences and, and, and the ethnic divide that exists in many of our countries as well. Um, anyway, he, he screenshots here. The uh, 2010 Conservative Manifesto, 2015, 2017, 2019 Conservative Manifesto, and they all have like... Legal immigration. We have net immigration back levels of the 1900s. Tens of thousands a year, not hundreds of thousands. We need to pull back on it. And of course, what happened? All talk, right? Blah, 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 blah. Nothing happened. Because they wanted to replace us. That's why. And now they got Rishi Sunak over there, the World Economic Forum guy. You think we'll, things will get any better under that? No, of course not. Absolutely not. Uh, Mr. Wright says on Odyssey, outsourcing technology to China's cheap labor resulted in less new inventions uh, the Chinese can copy, so the wheel grinds to a hold. Yeah, to a halt. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you have interesting things like the chip um, restriction now that happened. There's so many things that we, we can't even bake into this one show, and I'm going to have to soon start wrapping up here, but there's like two companies that can that basically make the 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 high quality superconductors is a Dutch company and forget what that's called now AM AML or something like that. I forget what it's called, uh, which basically, I mean, it uses like neon and things like this, and that you know the biggest producer of that used to be Russia. That all that's pulled off the market. That's one problem in Germany. The industry might come to a standstill because of the energy su supply is drying up. Nothing's happening. This might shut down their in in industrial base over the next uh, couple of years, maybe the next year. 
short term, that is devastating. Long term, I hope that that will be a very good thing for the German people. It'll be very painful, but that band-aid have to be ripped off. Do it now. Do it as quickly as possible. Get that off. Get them out of the comfort zone and get them mobilized to once again stand up for themselves and stand up for their own country. I don't know. Maybe they won't, but I hope that's what will happen here. Um, but the other company there to, to make the super, you know, super more advanced semiconductors is uh, Carl Zeiss. They're making, they make the flattest surface on the, on ever made, right? The fl flattest surface that exists anywhere, as far as we know, uh, in the universe. It's, it's one atom deviation. They're making a flat mirror, essentially, that's being used to scale down the uh, the, the semiconductor imprint, essentially, right? They, ma they make the semiconductor, they make that large, really a large image of it. And then they put um, chemicals on a silica wafer, essentially, and then they project light onto that paper and, and and that has to be projected on there but but much smaller so they project it down to like a nano scale kind of thing so it's amsterdam germany if their industry comes to a halt that's it the chinese thing that that uh, happened uh with with the biden regime actually interestingly ends their entire production and and they didn't even do the advanced stuff so if you're thinking like well we're gonna have automation we're gonna have the fourth industrial revolution not in the next 10 years we're not if Germany's in trouble, if Amsterdam is in trouble, if there's no energy, if there's no neon, if there's none of these minerals necessary on the global market, that's it. They're, this is not going to happen. <laughs> Maybe they will do this later or something, but like, oh, Internet of Things and automation. No, none of that is going to even work. I, again, I hope I'm wrong. In one way, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> it, it's it's very. I'm torn, I got to admit. In one way, I... I in one way, I want it to be difficult. So our goddamn people wake up and snap out of this this haze of doughiness and 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 you know just intravenous cheese that we've been on here for for like the last few decades, totally asleep. Then at the same time, I don't want us to get hurt. I don't I don't want us to obviously like you know die in this process. But I, I don't know. I just there is no other way. We 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 allowed this because we we uh, we we got the leadership that we deserved, and we allowed them to do this to us. That's the end of the day. That's it. It it is our sure they coerced us, they manipulated us. But at the end of the day, it wasn't like no one tried to warn people. It, it wasn't like the, no one out there knew what was going on, kind of thing. So in one way, collectively, we deserve what what happened to us. You know what I mean? And now we're about to find out. We 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 fucked around, and now we're gonna find now we're gonna find out. Uh, Finkelstein over on Odyssey. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the generous donation. Very kind of you. It says remember who we are dealing with at the core. Rated G video. The Kvetcher. It's a link there. Thank you for that. I haven't seen that. I think I might have checked. I'll I'll check that out later because I got to start wrapping up, so I can't watch it now. Thank you for that. It's a short one, but uh, if it's good, we can always share it later or play it later. Thank you, uh, Kvetcher. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting um, in countries like Israel. You know, you know, the Belt and Road Initiative. All these things could, be, at least short term, will not. I don't see how they're going to pull any of that off, right? I mean, it's like you had uh, Netanyahu now being voted in in uh, in uh, uh, Israel again. By the way, he's becoming the new uh, prime minister over there. 
Uh, in case you didn't see that, speaking to what what is the Israeli qu- equation is in all of this. Uh, and of course, some conservative, the Gateway Pundit, is like, this is a welcome change. This is great. <laughs> this is great. Uh, all right. Anyway, <clears throat> let's see here. Okay, maybe I can maybe I can squeeze in ten more minutes here. Now there's a lot of things here we that that we're just don't have time for. I just have to pick this up in our next show, right? Yeah, here's more from the census. Check out white papers on Telegram. They have a great uh, channel regarding stuff. Um, basically going through the same. Uh, the data is unsurprising but shocking nonetheless regarding uh, uh, I mean, rural, uh, sorry, how many uh, foreign people there are. I think it was uh, even in rural areas. No, okay, anyway. Uh, check out that. Very good piece. And <clears throat> here's another one um, of, of the wealth redistribution that have happened from white people in the UK to non-white ethnic groups. Interesting piece. Your household, other households. Summary of the effects of taxes and benefits by ethnic group. UK financial year ending 2019. So it's not even caught up. He says here, the basic fact in this official report from the Office of National Statistics is that there is a massive financial transfer from white households to black households and a lesser transfer to all other ethnic groups. Asians make a lesser but still significant contribution. A uh, big surprise. So that's being released in the unis- in, in unison with that. The UK is testing blackout emergency plans as supply fears grow. Woo. Not good. Record central bank buying uh, bank buying lifts global demand. Uh, sorry, global gold demand rather. <clears throat> um, central banks bought a record 399 tons of gold worth around 20 billion in the third quarter of 2022, helping to lift global demand for the metal. The World Gold Council said on a Tuesday, demand for gold was also strong from jewelers and buyers of gold bars and coins. Uh, but exchange trade funds, ETFs, storing bullions for investors shrank. I think we have a graph on that too. Global central banks bought a record amount of gold in quarter three. They keep saying gold is not important while they themselves are buying gold as if there is no tomorrow. Uh, I think we know what that means. Right? Do we not know what that means? <laughs> it is kind of crazy, to be honest. They're buying gold, okay? Uh, which, of course, is a good idea, right? I still think I still think there is a room for something like, uh, you know, crypto. <clears throat> but the best idea, of course, is to diversify, right? To have have precious metals if you can, if you're able to. Never hold uh, the current fiat currencies, at least uh, not now, because you know it's gonna hit shit. Shit's gonna hit the fan here soon. Who are the mysterious buyers responsible for central bank gold boom? Purchases from central banks hit a record last quarter. That include a substantial amount of unreported buying too. Interesting. <clears throat> and then the shorting silver, and you know, like all these things that have been happening, right? They while they're trying to convince us, no, 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 it's all fine. It's just, it, it's just gonna, it's, it's just gonna keep going. It's going to recover soon. It's mostly going to recover. It's another thread here from Wall Street Silver, just summarizing the situation a little bit here, too. The next 20 years here, right? Most economic models and predictions now are suffering from recency bias. 
We have lived through an extraordinary 40 years with three advantages that are unlikely to be repeated. Favorable demographics, and of course instead we've replaced the population, so it's far worse demographically now. Plentiful energy, there is energy, but they don't want us to have it. And low debt. And of course they put us more in debt than ever. Those three advantages are gone. China provided cheap labor. We exported inflation the past 40 plus years. That is over. The US and the EU demographer, uh, demographics are also in decline. Oil, coal and natural gas were plentiful with many new deposits coming online and, and being exploited. Many of those are depleted or past prime. Debt levels exceeded 100% debt to GDP in many countries. Corp and personal debts are uh, at, at nosebleed levels. If we take it will take decades to reduce. Most economic models suffer from recency bias based on the past 40 years being normal. The next 20 years will be very, 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 very different. I think when we're heading to the pandemic, I said where we're going, there are no roads. It's going to be a bumpy road. Remember that? Um. We're going to have to cover the Twitter stuff another time. I didn't expect to go this long. I just thought it was important to cover some of this stuff. Brazil is an upheaval, a bunch of stuff. I want to mention this real quick here. You know, I mentioned, well, what do we do? What do we do then? It's just blackpilling and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, we have to be aware of the bad news. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to give you false hope. There's no point in that. But at the same time, we never, I think, leave you hopeless. I, I've said before that I think this is a great opportunity. It's dangerous as hell. What is the number one thing you can do? There's some people that are like, well, we got to now we got to try to take over the political system or we got to we got to create groups like our own NGOs and academies and start educating people and uh, uh, paying for the education to place them in influential positions of like central banks and take over governments and all that stuff. And if people are driven to do those kinds of things, great, do it. The one thing you shouldn't do is to sit on your ass. The one thing you need to do is to do something. As to as far as I'm concerned, I think this system could be essentially over. If I'm wrong, then that's a great risk because if you pull, if all of us pull out of the system, you can end up with a far worse situation where none of us are influential anymore. So I'm not going to sit here and say everybody should move to the farm, out to a farm and, and you know, grow their own food. And that's that. I, I can't say that either, but I think there is a time and place for that. I think we have to have a multi-pronged strategy. As as all things in nature, you you try different methods and different strategies, different survival strategies, and one of them might turn out to be the successful one. One of them might win out. And we can't put all our eggs in one basket. We, we just can't do that. we got to find what we are good to do individually and start working on that now. You know, but, oh, well, that's over. It doesn't matter. It's, it's going to fall in cost before that. Sure, but if, if, if the collapse or the decline is, is somewhat manageable, and then they do manage to build back better, and us as Europeans, as white people, and even those, of course, we're going to go down one one notch as well and say those who are like even pro-white or pro-European uh, or have a positive, um, you know, attitude towards white people, white advocacy, uh, white positive people, right? Then um, 
you have to have some of those people involved in the process. And that's why you should do what you feel is right, what you need to do. What's your place? you got to figure that out. It's late in the game, but it's better late than never. The, the number one thing we can do is we have to create tribes and networks and groups and communities. That is the number one thing we can do. Regardless of where you are placed, it might, of course, be worse for you if you're in a big city. And I 100% understand those who want to just basically pull out and go to a different city somewhere, a different, a different area completely, go out on the countryside, whatever, disappear essentially, right? I, I totally understand that. And I think that that for some people are going to be a, a good option as well. If you can form local community, whether you have friends with you or families, if you can move, move now. If there's, I mean, even if there's more upheaval than ever, go to those areas where you know there's a lot of good people that are like-minded. you got to re reposition yourself. That's just what it is. I think we've already have, after COVID, we've had the largest uh, like non-wartime migration in the U.S. since the Second World War or since the troops came home from after the Second World War. And you've seen this massive reshuffling Maybe less so in like between EU countries, but inside of countries, I think we, you've seen that as well. Maybe not as much, but the US, you've seen a, a huge reshuffling kind of thing. But some of you know what areas I'm talking about. Some of you know what groups I'm, I'm you know, referring to, or or if you know something that I don't. If you know people are out there doing good things, you know we're doing that up here where we are. Uh, normal people that are not uh, weirdos are welcome, you know what I mean? Um, and not everyone can do that, and it's hard, but that's the number one thing we can do. We can, we have to form communities, we have to form networks. That's the one thing that's going to ensure us surviving a bumpy road. You can have, and I made that point too in the Weekend Warrior show where we talked about the doomsday bunkers and all that stuff that's being built. Check that one out. There's a, there's a actually a very good episode, I think. At the end of that, I'm talking about the elites binking their, building their doomsday bunkers happening all over the planet. Some of them are going to New Zealand. Some are setting up in various places in the U.S. There's central locations in, um, in Central Europe that's building these bunkers and stuff. None of these people, no matter how much resources and money they have, are going to make it by being by themselves. We have to have a group of people around us that we know that we can trust. And that's the number one thing. Network, network, network. Make friends. Make sure you're surrounded by friends that you know and can trust. Family, even better, obviously, but not everyone can do that. That's what has to be done. And it's not too late. It's not too late. You can fit in perfectly last minute into some. And in fact, the worse it gets to a certain extent, the more need people are going to have of other people. And that is the number one thing we have to do. And that is ultimately the most positive thing we can do as well. Men regards, those are the kind of people that are aware of what's happening. Those are the people that are already thinking ahead of the future. They're starting to have a lot of kids. They have above replacement level kids. Not everyone maybe of them, but many of them do. And so we, I think we're going to see economically, demographically, financially, energy, everything. We're going to see this choke point of just like going down to catastrophic levels, potentially. But that's why we now lay the cornerstones of what is to come in a few generations from now. We have to think long term. We can't just think short term of our own intermediate needs. We have to, to survive as well. Obviously, we can't be dumb. We have to be smart. But you can't expect that you are going to see all the fruits 
of this right now. You basically have to come turn into a selfless mode. And selfless in the sense that you have to think of, of, of your own people, your own troop, your, your own tribe, your own group, of, of our people, of, of what is to come. What can we do now that will benefit them in generations from now? How do we, how do, we do things now that makes uh, them being ahead by that time? And part of that could very well be by being tapped into the systems that they seek to rebuild. So I'm not going to deny anybody that if that's what they feel that they want to do or can do or groups that are interested in that. But um, I also understand those who are like just, all right, you know, pull pull back and just let the madness unfold out there in the world and the cities and stuff, you know what I mean? And and let's see what happens, you know what I mean? Let, let's not, not wait, not be passive, but study and let's see what happens and how bad things actually get because you could quickly turn into like a World War Z type scenario where basically you'll have hungry, angry zombies out there walking around and you'll have utter chaos within a few days, essentially, in some of these city areas if the trucks stop coming. So that is the white pill, and that is the good, positive aspect to this as well. That this system cannot prolong itself and continue to go as long as it has without any consequences. The consequences were coming one day or another anyway. It's happening now. Be thankful that you get you get to be part of when those first shots are fired, so to speak. Of when when the starting point, when the beginning of the end is is starting. You're you're you are part of a time when the ashes are being made from where the phoenix will rise. That's how we have to view this, and that's why it's an important time. That's why your role in this is important. That's why you're watching this right now has a role to play. Otherwise, you would you wouldn't find yourself in this position, and you have to. You have to you have to take heed of that. You have to you have to pick that up. You have to you have to uh, carry that torch. You have to take that responsibility because no one else is going to do it. You can't sit around and wait for someone else to show up and do this for you. Okay, so that's the positive message that I have, and that's the solution uh, to this. One person will never be able to solve this. It's too big. It's too powerful. It's too too impossible. When the in the current configuration of everything for for one of us to solve. And we're not in that time right now when, when you know, a leader is going to show up and fix all of the... No, I, I don't think so. I think the hard times that are coming, though, could potentially create, more plausibly, create a scenario like that. And again, thank, thank the gods. Thank God. Thank nature. Thank whatever you have to thank that we're in that time right now. Because it's a privilege and a pleasure and uh, an honor to be in those times right now. So anyway, I want to thank you for watching. Hope you enjoyed the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to wrap up right there. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much for your support. We cannot do this without you, so let me uh, do my little shameless plug here at the end. If you like our show, if you want us to continue, you have to support us. You can do that at redicemembers.com. Get a membership. It's only 10 bucks a month. You can get a longer sub as well. If you get a two-year one, it's uh, 35% off, something like that. gets cheaper per month. Uh, we have subs if you do a one-time payment from uh, three months up to two years. You can do it on Entropy. You can do it on Subscribestar. You can do it on Odyssey. We're uploading members' content there now as well. Nothing has changed on Odyssey. It's the same content that it always has been. It's just additional members' content. And if you're angry that you're seeing a little lock, that means you want to watch our stuff. 
So support us if you want to watch our stuff. Support us. That's the best way you can uh, you can help out right now. But we appreciate you guys. There's other methods, of course, as well. Uh, we are also, of course, um, uh, seeking to get some executive producers our way. This will help us even more to expand. So I want to thank our executive producers. T. Lothar Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French, for, uh, French rather, 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Ubunga, Quetch Me If You Can, and Mongoose. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you. Also, producers today is Mr. Walker696, Zhu Hanson, and Leroy Dumond. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. You can get an executive or a producer, uh, an executive producer or a producer tier over at Odyssey. And in fact, we I think we recommend that more now than uh, Subscribestar. Uh, because they do have actually better fees than Subscribestar. They kind of gouge us over there, so more comes our way and less for a third uh, party, a middleman. So so that's one thing to consider. Um, so odyssey.com forward slash at Red TV. Producer tier or executive producer tier over there. Always write to us if you sign up for one of those so we can uh, kind of get you into uh, the uh, little rotation here at the end of our shows and videos and uh, throw out our thanks to you. You can also do it over in Subscribestar, and, uh, and we certainly won't stop you if you want to do it over there, whatever is convenient for you guys. We appreciate all of you. Thank you so much again for joining us. Let me just uh, make sure I'm caught up here everywhere before we wrap up. We'll be back with more soon here, of course, and um, Flashback Friday, but we are going to do the... Um, definitely have to do that demographics video at some point. Uh, I'm actually talking tomorrow with uh, Jim Bob, a great, uh, great uh, meme cartoonist, author, uh, artist, I guess I should say, uh, up from, uh, he's up in Canada. Uh, so that's coming up tomorrow. We're pre-recording now, so that should be up on the website probably later on Thursday. So look out for that. Uh, otherwise, I think we're caught up, ladies and gentlemen. Thank everyone over on Odyssey for joining us there. Thank everyone over on Entropy Stream. We appreciate all of you for your support, whether you're super chatting or if you're a member. We'll be back, of course, as usual, as I said, with more soon. So uh, keep fighting, everybody. Don't give up. Always be white-pilled. There's so many things to be white-pilled about. Be thankful that you're living at this time right now. You can see all of this shit come down. All the stuff that over the last few decades just have created this horrible scenario for our people is just crumbling before our very eyes. It's hard, but it'll be very, very good. So be thankful. We'll see you guys soon. Keep fighting. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.